drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody? I'm your host Eric Oakley here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast and I got an exclusive today. This guy, he's been busy with his personal life, he's been busy professionally, but everybody knows he's one of the go-to sources for NFL draft content. I hit him up the other day and he's like, life is still crazy, but I need to talk draft. I need to jump on. Let's find a way to make this happen. He's here to do just that. Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lines. Logan, what's up, man? How you been? Oh, been good. A lot has changed since we last talked, but it's great to be back. I know it's been a couple months, but... As you mentioned, there's uh, quite a bit going on in my life right now with the twins being born last month, both two more boys, all healthy. But yeah, it's just a lot, a lot on my plate. Usually this is the busiest time of year for me because I love draft season. This is where I put a lot of effort. And uh, it's just kind of a hectic time right now, trying to do all this at once and keep that positive uh, work-life balance and have enjoy the twins and the three-year-old. So it's it's good, man. I, I can't complain. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm just happy that I could get some time to talk to you. Incredible, man. Uh, even before we got going, we have a limited time window with you. So I didn't even say congrats, man, but congrats on the twins, all the great stuff going on in your life. And uh, you know that me and you like just turn on the microphones again to talk some football. So that's what I plan to do here on the show today. You ready to roll? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, so so Logan, here's what I was thinking today, man. You you put out an interesting thread where you put out a bunch of poll questions, um, kind of main things people are thinking, some ifs and ands, some would you rather, some what about this, and a lot of people voted, and it's very fun to sort of look at these. So I thought we'd just rumble through some of the ones that caught my eye, and then on the back half of the show, man, I want to put you uh, up to the podium. I want to uh, have you kind of tell the people where what you would take um you know maybe with that first um two picks in the first round that second round or we we might even dive into the double third rounders as well and see kind of what you're thinking what your main options are so lots to get into here and lots of good lions draft talk to uh to do so so the first uh question that i got here is you put out if hutch is gone who, who do you want the Lions to take it to overall? And, uh, you know, the people have spoken 67% Kayvon Thibodeau. That's definitely flipped from where we were a few weeks ago. Trayvon Walker at 17%. Malik Willis at only 7%. And then Kyle Hamilton just nudging out him at 8 So what would you think about these results and where you at with it? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I think the Thibodeau love is still carrying over from all the hype that he had going all the way through last season. And I'm I'm still on board and we've talked about this in the past where when it comes to character or personality, we're not really privy to that information. We don't get to interview these guys and you just kind of hear the whispers around the NFL and it comes out through social media and things of that nature. But on the film, you know, just watching Thibodeau, his flashes are just elite. And I, I, you want a player at a premium position and that's where defensive end is. Um, the pass rusher spot, is a need for the Lions. Uh, that's where I, my head's at, too. Is I, I have Thibodeau number two on my big board right now. And, yes, there's a lot to like about Walker. And I, I thought, honestly, his results would be a little higher percentage for people who would want to have Walker. But, uh, really, it's a lot of fans want Thibodeau, and I can't necessarily say I blame them because I'm not on uh, Malik Willis. Uh, I, I don't think it's too much of a reach to take at two, and the Lions aren't in the right spot to do that. And Kyle Hamilton, after, you know, the, the slower 40 time kind of scared some teams off. And 
the position value at safety is not necessarily great at number two either. So what you're saying is you're going to go with the athlete like you always do. You you want the athletic guy uh, above <laughs> all else. Well, technically that would be Walker. Walker it, Walker's going against the grain for me because looking at him, you look at all of his measurables and they're about just off the boards in every single um, category, which is crazy. And he has the three cone is really big for me with defensive ends because I think that's a good indicator of how well a guy can get around the corner. And Thibodeau actually ran a 7.23. And I look like, typically want guys who are running sub seven seconds, but Thibodeau, I, you still see that bend that he has. And I, it doesn't concern me as much, but Walker's production, I know he got moved all over the place, but he's still a project. And I think he has a long ways to go. It has some high upside, but I, I just would have liked to seen more on film from him to make me feel comfortable taking him at two. But Thibodeau is still an excellent athlete. But when you compare him to Walker, uh, he's still not quite that top end athlete that Walker is. Good, good counterpoint by you. I guess where I'm at is Hutch. I think Willis is actually the ultimate value play if you want to swing for the fences. Then I got Walker. Then I'll go with Tibbs. And then, like you say, Hamilton sliding down the board a little bit. So that's kind of how I got it mentally. But I, I'm still hoping for Hutch, I must say. So let's uh, let's keep this rolling. This other question you had, you said uh, if you had to choose, which quarterback would you want the Lions to draft at 32 or 34? The people spoke, 42% Desmond Ritter. That seems to be getting very popular here recently. 35% Matt Corral, which is a guy I do not want for the Detroit Lions. Um, 18% Sam Howell, who uh, North Carolina, or offensive coordinator is a North Carolina guy. We'll see if that, if that ends up happening. And Carson Strong at only 3%. The people want him. So Desmond Ritter said he's talked with the Lions. He's a very mature guy. He has uh, children as well he's a winner he put up some nice athletic numbers which I know you like as well so I mean were you surprised by this at all that Ritter was the guy a little bit because for the most part I I felt like he might be above strong but behind Howell uh, Coral or Corral and that's just like I the, the quarterback rankings are are just odd to me because everyone has them different and there's a reason I put in that poll question, if you had to choose, because I think my previous poll question before that was, would you approve of the Lions drafting a quarterback at 32 or 34? And I'm, I'm kind of in no, because there's just, when you start taking quarterbacks in that range, it's, it doesn't necessarily work out all that often, but I guess if you're putting me on the spot and I had to choose, honestly, I think I like probably Howell the most out of any of those guys. Um, Ritter, there's a lot of positives for him and he has a strong arm and he's actually a really good athlete, but in a weird way, I feel like that athleticism doesn't really show up on film unless he's like running in a straight line. It doesn't necessarily like when he gets out of the pocket, it doesn't look like he's a natural athlete where like throwing the ball is easy on the run, like a Patrick Mahomes type of athlete, but he is, if you look at his measurables, he has everything you look for in a quarterback, but I think Howell has the strongest arm of that group. And they're all fairly close, but Ritter's accuracy issues. I know Josh Allen has ruined. um, He's the exception (laughs) to the rule, but he's kind of ruined everyone's, um, you know, just perception on can accuracy be fixed? Because more often than not, I, you either have accuracy or you don't. It's not something that just all of a sudden gets a ton better. And Josh Allen, for whatever reason it has, but Ritter, there was just so many, you know, throws on film where I'm like, man, that's a pretty easy throw that like guys like Tim Boyle could, should be making every time. (laughs) And then there's also great throws. So I'm not high on any of these quarterbacks, but again, I said in that poll question, if you had to choose. And so if I had to choose, I actually go Howell, who who was the third of the fourth um, as far as percentages go. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you've been on this pod multiple times saying, wait on the quarterback, set up your team, get the full five years, all that good stuff. I I just think, you know, that, yeah, it's not a, a immediate need, but if a guy that they love is sitting there at the end of round one, especially where you get that extra year, it's something to consider. I already said, you know, Willis to me is 
enticing at two just because he can run, he can throw, he's got good character, he's got swag, he's got charisma. All the things I've tweeted out is pretty much what you look for, and he's got it other than, you know, the uh, ultimate production or the school even all that stuff. So I will see. I'm in lockstep with you that we should just sort of pass, you know, on quarterback for the most part, but I'm not writing it off completely. So that one caught my eye that the people do like Riddle uh, Ritter. Speaking of the people. And the people consist of the millions. <laughs> you, you had about a million people reply to this next one, and they all wanted the same guy. And you put, if all were available, which linebacker would you want the Lions to draft at 32 or 34? 80% want Kobe Dean from Georgia. Then it goes Chad Muma at about 8%. Then we go to Quay Walker, Kobe Dean's teammate. He's bigger, he's longer, he's might be faster, but he's not the name. He's not the player we all saw in the national uh, championship in the college football playoff. And then Leo Chanel at about 5% there. So Logan, two-part question. Do you want the Lions to take a linebacker? Because there's a lot of rumor innuendo that they like their linebackers. They don't need a bunch of linebackers, but the fans want N'Kobe Dean at linebacker at 32 or 34 or anywhere they can get him. He only came to the Lions. So you think they'll take one, and would you want it to be N'Kobe Dean? Yeah, I I think the Lions will take a linebacker at some point. I think there's really good value right at 32 and 34 and you know, just a couple months ago, I I think my first mock draft I did, I had N'Kobe Dean going to the Lions at 32, and everyone's like, oh, this is so unrealistic. You know, Dean will never be there. <laughs> right. But there's a thing about small linebackers in the NFL that it's not a right fit for every team, and I figured that would probably drop him down the boards, and sure enough, that seems to be the case with him, that there's a chance he could be there at 32. And instinctively, it looks like he has it. Athletically, it looks like he has it. Um but it's just kind of odd because when I, when I do these polls, like for this one, in, in, um, as an example, like you're just looking at it and I knew N'Kobe Dean was going to be super high, but at the same time, I wanted to know, you know, a couple years down the line, say the Lions yeah. do draft N'Kobe Dean and guys like Chanel or Muma or Walker were drafted after them. You kind of get like that revisionist history where everyone goes back and is like, oh, this is. We everyone knew we should have took this guy. Well, it seems pretty obvious that if Dean's there, he's going to be the pick for Lions fans if they were the general managers as a consensus. But you know, I I really like Chanel. I really like Muma. I really like Walker as well. Um, there's you keep hearing things that some teams even like Walker better than Dean. I know he's more prototypical size, but I'm not I'm not there yet. But I do like um, Chanel quite a bit. Uh, he's got some work to do in the passing game, but just his athleticism, how big he is, how physical he is. He's great against the run. Uh, I think that can be very impactful and you just kind of hope that his athletic traits can translate a little better into pass defense, which again, is not always the case, but um, so I, I do hope the lions pick a linebacker at 32 or 34. Cause I think that value is going to be there. Um, and Dean is my top guy, but I, Chanel and Muma, I would be actually very happy with as well if they took either of those players um, with that 32nd or 34th pick. There you go. Let, let me fill up that glass with Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid so I can cheers you, my friend. Drink it in, I, I would love N'Kobe Dean as well. Now, people are going to say he's too short, his arms are too small, he's too slow. You turn the film on, the guy's like a mechanical engineer of some sort. He's bright as could be. He's just a demon on the football field. I'm pretty sure Aleem, Levi, Brock, people could keep guys off of him so he could run and tackle and make plays. So I'm, I'm with you there. I'm curious what the Lions will actually do at that position. No question. Um, Logan, keep it rolling. Another very interesting one here. If all are available, which receiver would you want the Lions to draft at pick 32 or 34? We've got George Pickens. My buddy at Chops in the D's favorite player, I think, in the draft. He loves Jared Goff as well, has been noted on this show. 37.2% for Pickens. Then you go to Christian Watson, the other freak that's 6'4", runs around, makes plays, 30%. Then it drops down to a guy I've really warmed up on, Jahan Dotson at 22%. And I'm surprised to see Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Everyone's hotness, everyone's favorite, you know, flavor of the week here going high second round and most mocks at 
percent. What receiver are you looking at, Logan? And and what do you think about this? Yep. So I knew this was going to be a good question because I felt like all these uh, players have guys in their camp, or I see on social media, you know, them getting hyped up quite a bit. I am a George Pickens guy. I think I like him more than most as well. So I'm kind of happy to see. There's a lot of other Lions fans out there like myself who that's probably would be my pick. Um, Christian Watson, as good of a senior bowl week as he had, and just his, man, he's, he's fast for six, four. You don't find that size speed combo all too frequently, which is um, really enticing. But at the same time, you know, trying to watch the film, the limited film I could find of him, um, you know, I just was never super impressed with his like actual play out wide receiver. And they run it. It's a pretty run heavy offense they have there. And so I think Christian Watson's ceiling is probably the highest of any people or any prospect on this list. But I, I still like George Pickens just um, based off what he did his freshman year, you know, dealt with some injuries, uh, tested out at the combine pretty well. I think it is a true more like X receiver, which I think is what the Lions could use. Um, and Christian Watson would probably be an X, you know, like that outside receiver as well. But I think he has more developing to do. Uh, Sky Moore, you know, being from Western Michigan, maybe I'm a little partial towards him, but I really like what he can do once the ball's in his hands. He has some speed, makes guys miss. It, he's just a lot of fun to watch. And Jahan Dotson is just one of those guys who is like, he does everything well, um, but maybe nothing spectacular. And so, in a way, it's just uh, kind of like a Mahanras Brown was last year for me. You, you almost forget about him a little bit or just like, where, where's this guy going to win? But he's just a good football player. So I, I like kind of the way uh, that the polls shape shaked out. I felt like that was probably pretty accurate um, for my rankings where I would have him. But George Pickens to me, uh, he's, he's probably one of my draft crushes and just hope that he can stay healthy. Real quick question. Am, am I going to get a look at the Logan Lamer and your big board this year? Because I got to see who's in the Amon Ross St. <laughs> Brown slot at 176 overall or whatever you had it last year. You know, I was uh, planning on trying to have the big board kind of like <laughs> finalized a couple of weeks before the draft. And that just that's not happening. So I'm still working on it. Uh, pretty, you know, whenever I have any time at night. Just uh, I have like a little Excel sheet on my phone that I just keep kind of ranking these guys and ordering them, transferring it over my computer and updating it. So it's it's a work in progress. But uh, I don't know how far down I'm going to get this year. Last year, I felt comfortable that I had the top 250 players that I felt I had in, in my order. And then I had a bunch after that that all fell into the same bucket. It was kind of just yeah. like late round or probably priority free agent type of players. So we'll see how far I get this year, but I'll, I'll make sure to send it over to you. All right. Yeah. I want to get a look at that as well as one thing I did this year, Logan, is I did a board kind of just lions targets and I took, I mean, I didn't take them off or get rid of them, but I really slimmed it out. So it was, uh, you know, my board is much more targeted this year for guys either that I like or that I think will fit them rather than having, you know, the 250, the 300. I mean, probably got, you know, anywhere from 75 to 100 on there and feel like that's plenty, you know, at all the different positions. So we'll see how that shakes out with all the other sheets and data and all the stuff I've got over here at the DTO scouting office. But let's let's do a couple more. Take a break. I know you got limited time and then I want you to make the pick here on the back half of the show. So the other one that I had here was um, kind of about the edge guys. And you put uh, if all were available and you had to choose which edge would you want the Lions to draft? This is sort of like if they pass or if they take one up top either way, I guess. This one had uh, you had David Ajabo um, is is who the the folks wanted at uh, 42%. Cornbread! Um, we had Boye Mafe, uh, the new hotness as well from Minnesota. That's who I selected at 40%. Then it drops down to 10% with Arnold Ebiquete, who I, he's the kid from Penn State, right? Yeah. Ebiquete, I think. Yeah. There's a, there's two guys with the, the, the crazy names, lots of crazy names in this draft, but I saw an interview yeah. with Ebiquete the other day and he's a, 
he's a dang good kid. I mean, he's more of a inside outside guy, but he he sounded like he's a ball player and somebody Brad Holmes would like. And then Drake Jackson was a name that came out recently that the Lions had some interest. He only got seven percent from the fans out there. So if you're going edge, let's say you don't take one up top. Which one of these guys would you uh, would you jump on, or is there another name or two you want to throw out there? Yeah, so I think um, Drake Jackson gets a little lost in the shuffle uh, a little bit just because he didn't do all that much at the combine. Um, but I, he's he's always been fairly productive, and he was productive like all the way back in 2019 where uh, I think he was a freshman All-American. So he's just always been good, but he's never really took that next step. Um, and then – yeah, Jabo, I I wouldn't mind taking him at 32 or 34 because, again, the Lions are in a spot where it's not like they're in contention this year or need a player who can make an instant impact. I think a Jabo's ceiling is super high in the Achilles. Uh, you know, with Akuda and Akwara already having Achilles injuries, uh, the Lions would be very familiar with that. But um, I just would like his potential. And if you get a discount at him, I, I, you probably would have been a mid-round pick if he hadn't tore his Achilles. So uh, to me, I think the Lions are kind of at that point where if they want to take a chance on him and kind of just almost redshirt him or maybe have him play towards the end of the year and just get him up to speed, go for it. Um, but then, yeah, Boye Mafe is also a great athlete, um, which I feel like you have to have on the edge. So Abacady, I think he's just a solid all around prospect. There's a lot of good things. And you look at his three cone, it was a good three cone time. It was sub seven, um, which is what I looked for. And so really like any of these guys, Drake Jackson, he was the last one on my poll list for a reason. Cause it was kind of like, all right, who's he going to be? So I threw him on there. I didn't expect him to get many votes, but um, really uh, Boye Mafe, Ajabo or Abacady, I'll, I would be happy with either any of those guys at 32 or 34. Um, and even if the Lions took an edge defender at number two, I still probably wouldn't mind doubling up on edge because um, Charles Harris, uh, yeah, I like him. It's a two-year deal that he's on. So you have him, Aquara Bros, and then Austin Bryant. It's not the best pass rushing group in the league by any means, but it's solid. And I think uh, all these players have that type of potential that could, they could be really good so you can never have enough pass rushers exactly i know one of your polls had uh, would you double dip i mean it's not something that's been talked about a lot someone recently kind of threw out the double dip at safety taking like a dax hill making him a safety nickel slot guy and then taking a, a brisker or seen you know um, one of those two and, and i don't mind that at all to be honest at 32 34 if if you can get Dax Hill first and then see if one of those guys falls to you, that's interesting. Double dip on the edge. Um, you, you know, I know we only got limited time. I think you're doing this from your car, but I I wanted to circle back on receivers just to – can you give me your, your two-sentence take on DJ Chark? I'm curious what you think about him. Yeah, I think he's – they paid him quite a bit of money for one year. Nothing like some other receivers are getting are getting, which is fine. So I think I was happy with what the Lions tried to do last year with Perriman and Williams and obviously it didn't work out, but when you're only giving a guy $3 million, uh, expectations should be pretty low. And they, they took a shot neither of them worked out. And this year they, it was only a one-year deal for shark. And that's still, uh, you know, a prove it type of deal, but they just paid him a little bit more. And, uh, I'm okay with that. I don't think he's a true number one, but it's nice that he has some real vertical speed, uh, which the Lions could use and has a little bit a larger frame than the guys on their roster. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't think it's necessarily a, a high risk type of contract by any means. And it, it'll be good to inject some speed in the offense. So I, I thought it was a good signing. Um, and if he does play well, hopefully you can just extend him and uh, get him at a reasonable price because right now the, the wide receiver market is just absurd and, you know me, we've, we've talked about this in the past where <laughs> I just feel like wide receivers, they make the flashy plays and they're a lot of fun, but I, I feel like they're overpaid because you can have, you don't have to pay top dollar at receiver to always win. Even though the last couple of Super Bowl winners have had plenty of receiver talent. I just think uh, 
you can get by with having a strong run game, strong defense, and having solid receivers. But typically, you need a really good quarterback to make those receivers look better. And I don't know if that's Jared Goff. So who knows? <laughs> Logan, uh, awesome info. You did go over the two-sentence threshold by about 18 sentences. But let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. You need to be a little more excited about DJ Chark. Drink it in, uh... This guy, yes, is athletic. He's humble. He loves it here already. He's tall. He can get you over the top. He can make plays. Drink it in, uh... I am loving DJ Chark here for one year and hopefully longer. He's one of my guys I like a lot. So, um you know, we can end it with this one. This one was basically a dead heat. Would you approve if the Lions selected a tight end with one of their picks in the third round? So 66 or 97. Um, the people said no at 36.4. The yeses were at 36.2. And then you also had an option only at 97, not at 66. And that came in about 27%. So what what kind of importance do you put on someone behind T J Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's pretty important, honestly, because they run a lot of two tight end sets and Hawkinson has had his fair share of injuries. And the Lions just need some sort of uh, passing target, but it's tough because that tight end two is typically all also someone who can block. And so I, in my latest mock draft, my second mock draft for the Lions, um, I had him taking a tight end in the third round, and that seemed to be the most hated pick, which is kind of funny, but um, I, d- I didn't mind it all too much. It's just, to me, the Lions are still in that phase where they, they need to be taking the best player available, and if there's a really good tight end that's still available in the third round, uh, like Dulcich is, that's who I had mocked to him uh, in my mock draft, I have no issue with the Lions taking him because I think it's an important position in their offense. Um, and it's something that could really help their offense, but I understand it's a tight end and, and Lions fans aren't very keen on the idea of ever drafting tight ends anymore. Um, but I, I think it's an important position and the Lions just need talent anywhere. And if they, they feel like one of the best players available is a tight end in the third round, I think you should take them and you kind of build your offense around it and make it work. Yeah, and and with this poll, I'm kind of what they said, you know, I'd prefer it at 97. A lot of the mock draft combo meals I did the last week or two, like I was getting Cade Otten with that 97, or like you say, Dulich is there. You've got uh, um, Likely, who's out there, who's more of a pass catcher. You know, I I don't think you'd want to go for the McBrides of the world unless he, he tumbled down to that spot, but I think it's important as well. I mean, I think Brock Wright has a little bit of something maybe as a depth player, but... You know, basically nothing really else than that. I was looking at their depth chart the other day. They have like five, six, seven tight ends kind of on there. But, I mean, there's just nobody behind. But also, like, hopefully if TJ stays healthy and they could use him, like, it would really be nice to feature him as well and not split the targets because he should be ready to roll to have kind of like that big big production year and, and, and a big step up, I would hope. So well, that's another curious one. Lions fans, just keep your eye on like if, and when do they address this position? Cause it needs address just like safety edge. You know, we could add another corner. We could add linebackers. We could add receivers. You know what I mean? There's lots of different spots they can go and in less than two weeks time, basically we will know. So Logan, I know you only got limit. Can, can you make a few picks here? Can we get our, our, uh, commercial break in quickly and then uh, have you make some selections here what you hope ideally what they would do looking at the logan big board yeah i'll make some picks there we go everybody let's take a quick break and we'll come right back with logan from sports illustrate all lions making some selections let's do this get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. 
This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, make sure you check out those sponsors. Maybe make sure you like the show. This is an exclusive. No one else has Logan Lamarin. Deary's usually on the huge show. He's doing writing there at Sports Illustrated All Lions. This year, he's running around crazy, but he's taking some of his valuable time to talk Lions here on the Kool-Aid cast. So, everybody, you can drink that in, no question. Drink it in, uh... Logan, I, I want to talk to you about pick two, man. Are you staying at two? Give us a couple of your top options. Would you trade out? Just talk that through a little bit. Yeah, I think in a perfect world, the Lions would be able to trade back a few spots and pick up some extra draft capital. I just don't really see that happening. There's not uh, a quarterback. I think anyone will be trying to trade up for or jump ahead of anybody. Uh, the defensive ends, which is a, another very valuable position. It's such a deep class. That I Again, it kind of waters down that number two spot. There's just no one that really sticks out at number two as you have to have. And so I don't think the Lions will be able to trade down. But, yes, that would be um, the best-case scenario if they were. But at number two, we mentioned it earlier, Kayvon Thibodeau, I think from just film and athletically, is still my second-best player behind Hutchinson. Uh, I, w- I would take him. And actually, number three on my big board is Sauce Gardner, which I know I didn't include him in any of the polls, but – Mel Kuyper recently mocked him to the Lions at two. And the biggest gripe I'd have with that is just position value. And it's not necessarily the biggest need on the Lions roster. But when you look at Gardner's game, there's just not a whole lot of holes to it. And if you want to draft or go like a safe route, I feel like Sauce Gardner is probably one of the safest options you could take. Um, so that's something I wouldn't be upset about if they took him. I know that's might be a little bit of a hot take, but I'm fine with that. Um, and then actually Trayvon Walker, he's, he's ninth on my big board. So I'm not super high on him. Uh, I see the potential I see his ceiling that is absolutely amazing, but I, it's still, I feel like the number two overall pick, uh, should be a little bit more safe than that. Uh, you'd really be swinging for the fences with Walker, which I guess the Lions could try to do, but there's a, just it leaves me concerned. And then outside of that, I, I think Kyle Hamilton's kind of fallen off a little bit of uh, the number two spot. Um, I, I think he's a great player, but again, the position value. So I, I don't know, man, there's not really too many picks at number two. That I would be super upset about uh, even Malik Willis. He's, I think he's 20 or 21st on my big board uh, just because I think he has a long ways to go, but I would understand Again, kind of like uh, Trayvon Walker, where his potential is just through the roof. But again, he has a lot of work to do. And he has some accuracy issues. And I think he needs to read defense a little bit better. There's a lot of interceptions. I'm just like, what? I'm like, what was that? Maybe he's trusting his arm too much, but he has some work to do. And I, I feel like the Lions would actually put him in an okay position because they have a good offensive line. But uh, I so much 
of quarterback success relies on the team around them. And I, I just don't know if there's any quarterback in this draft class that could come right in and find instant success with this uh, in terms of wins, I guess you can say on this Lions roster. All right. Interesting. A couple quick follow-ups piggyback, if I may, Uh, (laughs) if, if Hutch is there and Thibodeau is there, are you going Hutch? Yep. Hutch it is. Do you see the Saints wanting to get up all the way to two with the recent move they made? Um, I don't know if they'd have to go up to two. But honestly, if if the Saints are trying to use those first two picks to just get up to five and jump Carolina or something. Yeah. I would, if I were the Lions, I'd basically give them the same deal at two that they're offering at five. Like, I, this is such a weird draft (laughs) class where there's so much value in like the middle of the first round all the way to like pick 50 i'd try to get as many as those picks as possible and just you know maybe give them a little bit of a discount on the trade that most years might cost the saints a lot more but this year with just how the players have kind of fallen and the board's fallen i i wouldn't be upset if the saints basically just gave their two first round picks in the middle that they have and maybe something extra later and if you look at the draft charts it might not equal up but I just think the way the draft board is set this year that you can get really two really good players uh, where they're picking as the Saints are. I'm with you there. That's interesting stuff. And that's, you know, like I say, moving that middle, getting some stuff later in this draft or next year would be a, a bonus. Obviously, there's multiple options at two, which you laid out. Do you see their New York team coming up? You know, they both have the five and seven for the Giants and you got the Jets at four and ten. Could could you see them need to come up for a tackle or for some other position where you could get your hands on either of those or not not very realistic? Mm, they would have to really be in love with a certain player because yeah. um, they could both use edge or a tackle. And there's quite a few guys at both those positions that uh, – it's not like a huge cliff that uh, the talent just falls off. So again, uh, that'd be amazing if they, one of those teams wanted to do that, but I just, they'd have to be so in love with the player that they'd have to feel like that's their guy and they can't live without him. And I don't, I don't know what they're thinking or their GMs are thinking they have to do. So I, I think it's a little unrealistic, but I, you can never really say never. Exactly. It just seems like too much to pay as well as, you know, I wouldn't mind going to 10. I've gotten a little bit of a back and forth with people again on the old Twitter sphere about people thinking you can only go back to seven, no further, or I can only go to 10, but I'm not going past that. It's like, why not? I'll go past any of those spots if I'm getting the good price point because they should be able to find quality players. Speaking of that at 32, so... Do you think the Lions just sit there? Do you think they get itchy and they, they move up? I mean, a lot of people always are saying, well, they'll wait until they can get their hands on the QB or whoever and then jump up to the middle of the first round. I definitely would like them to just sit there and take the take the selection or wait for a needy team that wants to get in for a QB and move back even more. What do you think? That's actually what I was just about to say. I think their 32nd pick is more likely to be traded than – their second pick just because yep. with the last pick of the first round, if there's a quarterback needy team and there's still some quarterbacks uh, that are there in the first round that a team wants to trade up for and get that fifth year option on the rookie contract, I think it's a perfect spot to do it. So that's, um, that's my hope. I'm always for adding more picks more often than not. And I think that 32nd spot is a great time to do it. And you still have the 34th pick and you'll get whatever picks would come in the trade as well. What's what's your ideal positions? Again, I, I my advice is always don't pigeonhole yourself into positions of need. Sort of let the board fall and have buckets of players you like. But you probably have a good sized bucket of players there at thirty two that you'd be interested in. Throw out some names or some positions. Like I'd like to fill this at thirty two in a perfect world. So yeah, I think safety and linebacker. I think there's going to be some good talent there left, and even wide receiver. Uh, yep. which are all positions of need for the Lions. So uh, Lewis Seen, if he's still there, I think that would be great. Dax Hill, uh, I have him in my top 20. Uh, I, I feel like he'll be gone, but there's a potential maybe he could be there. So really any any of those safeties, Jaquan Brisker as well, you could throw into that mix. And then the linebackers we talked about earlier, uh, I'd be happy with 
any of those guys and really all the receivers we mentioned earlier too. So I think that's a nice sweet spot uh, for the lions, but I wouldn't rule out, you know, like a, a guard even if uh, with Vitae. Um, yeah, I think he's cost the team about 8 million this year, but next year it goes up to uh, 11 and a half million dollars and it doesn't cost much uh, in dead cap to cut him next year. So if they're like Zion Johnson, if he's there at 32 or 34, somehow still there, the, the guard out of Boston college, I wouldn't even hate that again. It's um, I'm all about drafting the best player available. And if there's any position that's slipping, I feel like the lions have to give a very strong look at these players because they're not in a position right now to be really drafting for needs. They just need to have talent no matter where at, if you get loaded up on talent at one position, that's fine. You can trade away to player or figure it out. But um, there's, I feel like as fans, we always get too, like you mentioned, pigeonholed into drafting only certain positions. Uh, but then you miss out on a lot of other players at other positions that might be better. And we see it every year in the draft where the Lions passed on so-and-so player because it wasn't a huge need, but they were the better player and they turn out to have a great career. And it's just, it's just how it goes. So I, I don't think you can be super picky in the draft. That's what's supposed to be. That's what free agency is for. You're filling your holes in free agency in the draft. It's nice when they coincide with needs and best player available, but you can't be reaching or taking players who might not be as good as other players just because it's a need, especially on a team that's in year two of a rebuild. That that might be your hot take of the day, my friend, with the uh, Zion Johnson. He is a great player, but I've said multiple times on here, I mean, there's no team in the National Football League that has five highly drafted, highly paid offensive linemen. Like, if you look at the guys that win Super Bowls, they don't have anybody that's highly, you know, they get these guys in off true. the street in the sixth round, and the guy ends up being a bulldog. So, I, I don't know. I think that's overkill, but I know what you're saying about best player. I do like that take from you because that's important so when I did my combo meal just that most people are looking at when you're talking about the fan base and and writers and everything that's out there right now if if Hutch goes one you get Thibodeau at two your boy then at 32 you fill that need with a defensive captain like N'Kobe Dean what do you think at 34 with um, between, let's say, Seen, Brisker, and Petrie are all there at safety. Maybe there's a wide receiver or two because you haven't filled that yet. What's your favorite there at 34? Do you like Jaquan Brisker or do you got another option? So I have Seen and Brisker right next to each other. Um, both, I could, I would be fine with them at 32 or 34. I like Seen. Uh, just because he is a free safety, but yeah, he plays like a block, box safety when he comes down and plays a run. Uh, he has plenty of speed. <laughs> he ran a four three seven at the combine. Um, I think he just has everything you kind of look for in a safety. So I'd be really happy with him. Uh, the receivers, George Pickens, another Georgia guy, Sky Moore. We went all we kind of went over those receivers where I'd be really fine with any of those those players because I think they can all be playmakers and Lions need playmakers. You you feel like Pickens is at the point now where you'd have to take him at 34. You're not going to get him. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it'd last much longer unless there's, you know, some interview questions that come up or character concerns that we just don't know about. But I I think on film uh, when he's healthy, he looks like he could be a true X, like a number one type of receiver. And you're kind of getting him at a discount this year just because of the injuries and not not having a great uh 2021 season and that's again due to injuries but I think at the combine it caused a lot of concerns that there were about him just about what type of athlete he was but being 6'3 running a 4.47 um that's pretty solid and I think he has some great hands he has some just unreal like highlight reel grabs that um just he just screams to me like a guy who could be a big time player in the NFL let me ask you this so this is my thought on it receiver is so dang deep the Lions already brought back Reynolds Chark they got St. Brown they brought back Cleve Raymond they've got um you know a couple of their fringe guys here and there like to me I'm more apt to just ride receiver out like 
do you think we need one in the first three picks or can we add to the defense, add to more premier spots and then just get the receiver when it's warranted? Like, I don't know, like I did at 66 with Calvin Austin, the third, an absolute speed demon gadget player or my boy Wandale Robinson, who's got crazy juice. I mean, if I can get them at 66 or 97, I'm more apt to do that than get a receiver with the first three selections. What do you say? Yeah, the receivers, it's always every year is a deep class and you can find good talent uh, relatively in the middle of the round. So if the lines went all defense with their first three picks, I would have no problem whatsoever. I don't think wide receiver is some urgent need, but I just think there's typically only a few like true outside receivers that look, look like a number one receiver. Um, and more often than not, you kind of start, the further you go down the draft board, you start losing those type of players or there's, uh, it's just a lot more projections, but I, I would have no issue if the lions went all defense, say a line, you know, a, a player at every level, defensive line, linebacker, secondary with their first three picks. You know what a number one receiver looks like, Logan? DJ Chark. That's what he looks like um, <laughs> uh, if, he, if he reaches his upside. So, all right, let's do this quickly. 66-97, just sort of break it down. Maybe a couple names you like there. I know you have your mock that came out on Sports Illustrated, all Lions. You did uh, all the selections there and gave some good, good thoughts for Lions. 66-97, what are you targeting? What are you doing? It's best player available. That's why I know it upset some people that I went tight end and an offensive lineman in my third round because it's like, yeah, you could draft other players who would probably step right in and start right away or have the ability to do that. But I just think you have to find good players. And, um, you know, it, depending on how the first three picks go, uh, you might be filling your three biggest needs right there. And then after that, uh, in the third round, it's literally you have some holes, maybe like defensive tackle, but I, I'm not in love with any like the third round defensive tackle talent. Um, you know, I still think that right guard spot, you can find someone who is going to be your long-term starter there. Um, if they didn't draft a receiver, obviously look at the receivers. It just really all depends on what happens with the first three picks, but I'm not going to rule out any position in the third round because I just, I just want good players and that's um, it goes against the grain a little bit, but you have to be able to find talent in the middle rounds, the best teams do it. And if you're reaching for positions of need, I don't think that's the best way to go about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really thinking, I mean, five picks in the top hundred, three in the top 35, you know, it's, it's going to be so fun. And I think we're really going to walk away with kind of the core of the future lions here. So Logan, I, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. Uh, just a couple on the way out. Do you think Brad Holmes is going to do something crazy? Do you think he's got something in his back pocket or a, a selection that none of us are talking about, everyone's going to be oohing and on about, or do you think he does sort of what he did last year, which was have guys he loves, fits him, and does his best to wait there and take those guys when it's time? You know, we only have one year of draft history with, Holmes is the actual general manager of the Lions. I know you can look at what they did over with the Rams, but again, that wasn't all him. But I felt like last year he did stick to his guns and went best player available. Uh, and I, I don't think there was necessarily any surprises with what he did. Uh, owns Arike, I know a lot of people had him pegged as kind of in that area where the Lions selected him, but he was probably one of my least favorite picks of the draft. But again, there was plenty of other people who disagreed and thought that he should have been drafted there. And that's, that's good. Sometimes uh, the consensus draft board, we've talked about this where if you just follow the consensus draft board, I feel like more often than not, that's more correct than just a guy like me who gets Mm -hmm. zoned in on specific players as like, Oh, that's one of my guys. Um, So to me, I I think Brad Holmes, the only curveballs he might throw is just maybe doubling up on positions or drafting, a position that he doesn't necessarily think is the need, but long-term uh, it is a need because there's not really that many players in the Lions roster who have these long-term contracts that are going to be around for a long time. Last year and this year in free agency, they signed all these one-year deals. So they are, I feel like, just kind of in this mode of finding long-term talent, but getting at least players 
on prove it deals to see if they can fit in with the culture and make something happen on a team and give them long-term contracts if need be, but they're not tied down to anybody. So that's, I, I don't think Holmes is going to go list, you know, down the list of needs and be like, Oh, this is what we have to take first. So this is what we have to take second. He didn't do that last year. And I don't think he's going to do that this year. Yeah. My quick thought on it is I, I feel like him and Brad Holmes or Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are, they played it pretty straight so far and they're so open and honest with the media. I'm not putting it past them to do something shocking. I'm not putting it past them to say certain things, but then come draft time when it matters, be the ultimate poker player and do something else. I feel like that may be coming or a big trade may be coming before it's all said and done. But as long as he gets good players that they believe in, they develop. I still love this coaching staff. I still love everything that's going on. So Logan, I don't know about you, man, but we're a week or so away and I cannot wait until this thing gets rolling. The Lions start making picks. This team starts coming together. And uh, we just can't wait for the sound here uh, Here before we know it. I, I can't thank you enough, man. I want to tell everybody to go check out your stuff on Sports Illustrated All Lions. Um, I just want to thank you for your time. I want to say congrats again on the little ones and the amazing family and everything you got going on. And it just means the world, man, for you to come on and talk ball. It's You've been on here about 40-some minutes longer than we expected, which is what we normally do. But I could easily talk to you for two-plus hours on every nuance about this draft and really get in the weeds. So thanks, man. It's been real fun. Hey, of course. You don't have to twist my arm to ever talk Lions. It's just finding the time right now. So I'm glad we were able to make it work. But, yeah, super exciting. Um, Draft is my favorite time of the year. Hopefully one day, you know, the actual season will be <laughs> the, the highlights, but until then, you know, the draft is my happy place. It's going to be great, man. Me and chops are actually going to be co GMs. He's going to be in his, uh, in his office. I'll be here at the DTO scouting office. We're going to be doing live podcasts. You might get a text here in the next few days saying, is there any chance you come on after round one and chop it up for a few minutes with us and get uh, Joey from the believe podcasting network, my buddy, Steph and all the guys that come on here and talk lions. So everybody, it's been a fun show. The exclusive Logan Lamer and Deer out of the woodwork, talking football, talking NFL draft, and most importantly, talking Detroit Lions. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man. Cornbread. Cornbread. Drink it in, man.